I don't deserve it. Still you give. One more time without the music. All the, all the, all the, all the, all the, all it. That I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give your Somebody celebrate his love in this place. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. Father, your love is so amazing. Your love is so amazing, Lord. Father, no matter, we thank you that you loved us, Father God, in spite of our hurts. Father, you loved us even from the moment that we were conceived, you loved us. And Father, we know that no matter what we do, we cannot separate ourselves from your love. Oh, oh, Father, we bless your name this morning. All hands lifted, eyes closed, just a couple moments. In this moment, the Holy Spirit is able to heal. He's able to turn over. He's able to build up. He is able to do all that you need him to do. In one area of scripture, he's called the all-breasted one. He's able to supply your every need in this moment. And he is not limited by man's ability. He's not limited by your thoughts and your ideas. He's limitless. So, Father God, in this moment, we tap into your limitless grace. So, Father, in this moment right now, I just want to pray a special prayer for some people right now, Father God, before we start this sermon. First of all, Lord God, I pray for our pastors, Pastor Joel and Pastor Trish, while they are on vacation, Lord God, allow them to be built up and charge them, allow them to rest, Father God. Father, we know that we are entering a special season within Linked Up Church's life, Father God. So right now, I pray during this vacation that they are built up and charged up for that season. Now, Lord God, for those that are in this room and those that are listening on our platforms, Lord God, and those that will listen throughout the week. Father, there's an issue going on in the body of Christ right now. I just pray for everyone that might be dealing with church hurt right now, Father God. Father God, whether, no matter who calls you, Lord God, we know that you are the healer. You are the healer. So, Father God, supernaturally heal right now, Lord God. Whether it was just yesterday, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, no matter when it was, Lord God, heal them right now. No matter what that pastor did, no matter what that teacher did, whatever, no matter what that deacon did, no matter what that parishioner did, Lord God, you still love us so much that we cannot separate ourselves from that love. Now, Lord God, finally, I pray for those that will be listening to this sermon or watching it, Father God, or those in the room. I pray that their hearts are good ground for the word of God today. I pray, Lord God, that right now I will only speak those things that you desire for me to speak, Lord God. Yes, I have an outline, but Father God, have your way. 
go down any avenue or window or way that you want to go, Father God. This is your service. So, Father God, we declare all these things in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement, let me hear you say. Amen. But please, before you see, greet your neighbor with love. Tell him, I love you. Thank you, sir. Well, as you're seated, um, as you all might guess, I am not Pastor Gregory, uh, nor am I Pastor Trish. They are taking a much-needed vacation. Um, As a matter of fact, I just got back from vacation about a week ago, and I learned this one thing. Vacations are ordained of the Lord. They are ordained. You need to be able to take a week or two to go somewhere and not do any work. Really, you need to go somewhere and just decompress. Even God rested. In Genesis chapter 1, the seventh day, he said he rested. All right, amen. So, praise God. They're on vacation. So, please, while you're in your prayer time this week, pray for them as they're resting. Um, obviously, we're praying that they'll come back safe and sound, but they'll come back even more on fire, even more viciously on fire for the Lord. Amen? Amen. But I believe I have a word in due season for you all today. I've been, this has been burning in my spirit for several months, actually a couple of years, if I even think back some more. And the more I read it, the more revelation God gives, gives me about it. And I'm a little non-traditional, and in fact, I like to ask questions. I learned uh, in college that when you ask questions of people, they tend to internalize the information a little better. So please turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 3. And let's eat. Let's dive in. Man, it's good to see your lovely and handsome faces this morning. It's a little hot in here, but praise the Lord. You know, when I was growing up, it was hot in the service. They told you, hey, little boy, that's the the fire of the Holy Spirit. You better get right. (laughs) Anybody grew up in church like that? (laughs) For real, that, that would have happened where I grew up. I talk, and I, you know, I talk about the church I grew up in. I grew up in two different churches. One was a holiness church in Houston, and one was a, a church of God in Christ, a spinoff church in East Texas. And I, I make little jokes about it, but one thing it taught me, it taught me how to follow the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Listen, we had all day to follow the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> That's a joke, but I'm serious. <laughs> and it taught me to turn to different pockets and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So y'all be ready. We're going to have a 55-minute an hour service today, and then if that happens, I will never ever speak again uh, in LinkedIn Church. All right, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Um, we're going to start with the King James Version first, and then we'll, we'll go into the Amplified. <clears throat> it says, brethren, in the King James Version, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, brethren, I count myself, I count not myself to have apprehended, <clears throat> uh, all right, I lost my, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. We're going to dig more into that in a little bit. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The title of my sermon today is, oh, they're going to put it up there, Pressing Towards the Mark. All right, and we're going to break down what the mark is. We're going to break down what the goal is. I'm going to ask you some questions along the way, because I believe we're living in a day and a season where Satan is trying to get us off the mark. 
And what he's trying to do is he's trying to distract us to get us onto a different path than what God has ultimately called us to be. I love the song that they sung there because God loved us so much. Listen, he loved you so much that he designed you for a specific purpose. You are not an accident. Even if your parents thought they were done having children and you came on after that, listen, you are not an accident. Amen. And so he has a specific purpose, and we're going to ask you some questions today that will hopefully lead you down that path of getting to that purpose. So the, the four questions that we'll talk about today, and I wish my iPad was faster. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Pressing towards the mark. Here we go. <clears throat> First question we'll talk about is what is the mark? All right. Then after that, we'll talk about what goal are you pressing towards? The third question we'll talk about is who placed this goal in your heart? And the last one we'll talk about is what happens when you attain that goal. So once again, we're in Philippians chapter 3. Let's go back up to <clears throat> an earlier scripture in there. Let's go up to, uh, let's go up to, you know what? You know when your technology lets you down? That's why you have the B-I-B-L-E. Y'all went to VBS growing up. That's the book for... When I stand upon, it's the B-I. Uh, that's right. You got it. <clears throat> By the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, VBS this week. My wife and, and the children's church team did a phenomenal job with VBS. Um, <laughs> listen, if you had any children that came to VBS, I'm sure they were telling you about Jesus rescues. And every day they talked about, like the first day was when you're lonely, and they shouted, Jesus rescues. And they talked about when you're, when you're carrying too much weight or when you're worrying, Jesus rescues. It was phenomenal. So next year, please sign your children up. We want to be a blessing to them. It takes a village to raise children today. And listen, they need to hear the word of God from more than one source. You're one source, and you know, and I have teenagers, and I have a young adult, she's in here. Reality is, they only hear from you for a certain period of time as parents. It's not a negative confession. It's just fact. We did it too. Amen. But then the village around them, the people around them will help build them up and charge them up and reinforce what you've taught. All right. Now that I have the B-I-B-L-E, we're going to go back to Philippians chapter 3. And so this writing is done by Paul. I'm going to give a little bit of background about Paul. Paul, before he was converted, Paul was a Pharisee. And we'll talk about what that means in a little bit. He was a Jew. And so to be a Pharisee, first of all, you had to be a Jew, and you had to abide by all of these commandments. You had to abide specifically according to the Levitical law. And so you're going to hear some of that in his teaching here as we were reading it, and then we'll jump into what the Lord has for us in our first question. So actually, we'll go back to verse 13. Let's talk about what is the mark first. So if we go to the Amplified, it says, verse 13, I do not consider, and brethren, I do not consider that I have captured and made it my own. He's talking about salvation. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind. Ooh, the devil tries to stop us with our past. Listen, you are not bound by your past. Whether it's good or bad, you're not bound by your past. God is able to push you over and above how you grew up, what town you grew up in, whether you're on the right side or the wrong side of the tracks, whether you went to school or not, whether you went to an HBCU or not, God is able to take you far and above. Oh, that's not my sermon today. Let's go back to forgetting those things which lies behind, and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, Amplified. I press on toward the goal. So really, the mark, we can also say, is I'm pressing towards the goal. The, the logo up there was a man running. Uh, how many of y'all are watching World Cup right now? 
Anybody watching? Okay, let's use a different example. Not enough of y'all. Uh, <laughs> if you watch basketball, especially during the playoffs, if, if, you, if you have a point guard trying to go to the hoop and lay it in, and you, you know you got some bigs on there, my favorite player is Akeem Olajuwon, and when Olajuwon was in the paint, if you wanted to bring the ball into the paint, you got to strain towards the goal, amen? He's not going to let you lay it in. Or, you got, you know, whoever, or maybe Dikembe Mutombo waving the finger. When we have a goal that God has placed in our heart, we have to strain forward towards that goal. Amen? All right. That is part of what we're going to talk about today. He says in verse 14, Amplified, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ is calling us forward. Now let's go back. Let's dig into the, what the goal is in verse 8, Amplified. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Actually, I'll start with verse 7 and amplify it. But whatever former things I had that might have been gained for me, I have come to consider those as lost for Christ's sake. Isn't that good? Yes, furthermore, yes, furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. He's about to break it down. The overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth <clears throat> and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So what he's saying is his goal is to know Christ Jesus, his Lord. Isn't that interesting? But he doesn't stop there. He says, of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply acquainted and more intimately acquainted with him. Think about that. I don't want to go by that. I'm going to read it one more time. He says, not only do I want to know him, but in parentheses it says, I want to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. What is he saying? Listen, knowing your salvation experience is one thing. Praise God. I know a majority of this room, we're saved. We're going to heaven. We're saved by grace. But then Paul said his one mark, his one goal is to progressively become more intimately familiar with Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means, listen, that means that I'm not accepting Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, but not accepting him as my Lord. It means I'm taking time to get to, to know him better. The, the best example I can give is I'm married. It'll be 18 years in December. My wife did the pre-service prayer, and I was trying to stay focused. <laughs> I, I, so I had to close my eyes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But when, when you're dating I can't, there's no way I, she would have given me her hand in marriage if I only called her one or two times a month. No way. She would not have given me her hand in marriage if I never spent any time with her, if I never got to know her likes and dislikes. I'm making the analogy between us and Christ. Some of us, I'm just, this is just some Holy Ghost um, uh, nudge. Um, some of us, we only, we're only seeking Christ's hands and not his heart. What am I talking about? We know that the blessings are in his hands. We know that all the things that we need are in his hands, but do you truly know Christ's heart? Going back to that song, <clears throat> the Bible tells us that before we even, but before we, while we were in our mother's wounds, he knew us and he formed us. And so with that, with, with, the way we interpret that is Christ knew exactly what he has formed you to do. He knew that. The question is, will we spend enough time getting to know Christ so he can reveal it to us what he has designed us to do? I am way ahead of myself, way ahead of myself. So listen, the goal, I want to first start with this. Your prime goal as a believer 
should start with getting to know Christ more progressively. Getting to know his character. This is so important because when you know Christ's character, then you cannot be swayed to the right or to the left by someone who's trying to get you off. And one thing we do at Linked Up Church is we, we like to show you the scripture because we don't want you all to, to think that it's my opinion or Pastor Gregory's opinion or Pastor Trisha's opinion. We want you to see that it's the infallible word of the Lord and that you can build your life on. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So he said, that's my goal. All right. And so, so the first question I, I wanted you all to think about was what is the goal? The goal is to know Christ more progressively and to, and to be more intimately familiar with him on a daily basis. And so, listen, I'm not going to put any, any time limit on what God has called you to do. Listen, on a daily basis, spend time with him. We're in a season where, where the enemy has us so busy, me included, so busy. He wants us distracted. Why is it when it's time to pray, even if you turn your phone page down, why is it that that person that you ain't, ain't talked to in two weeks wants, wants to text you? For real. That, anybody, that happened to anybody else in the room? Why is it you told them, I'll call you back after 9, and they texting you, you ain't calling me back yet. It's, it's 6.30. <laughs> Just, you know, I, I grew up watching a senior hall, so things that make you go, hmm. They text you early in the morning. Why is it when it's time for you to pray, also all of a sudden the kids want to have a fight in the other room? <laughs> things that make you go, Those were not in the notes. Those are straight off the hot press of the Holy Spirit. All right. Next question we want to dig into. So the goal is knowing Christ at a deeper level. Now I want you to ask this question. What goal are you pressing towards? Think about your own life. Right now, what do you spend the majority of your time focused on? That'll tell you what goal you're seeking. Because this, this life with Christ, Christ wants us sold out. God wants us sold out to him. But ultimately, he wants to be number one. He wants to be number one. And so the way you, the way you ask yourself this is, Lord, what goal am I seeking after? In your free time, what do you search on the Internet? When you're downloading podcasts, what podcast are you listening to? And once again, I'm not knocking other podcasts. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to help you ascertain what goal are you really seeking. Let's turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1 real quick. I mentioned it. I, I want to read it. Oh, my Bible turned right there. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1. And as I mentioned before, when we get to know Christ, as we are... Um, becoming more and more intimately familiar with Christ, he begins to reveal his, his, his plan for us. I'm just going to stay right here for a moment. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 40. That cannot be right. Verse 4, there it is. You know, you type in 45, you know that's not right because there's only 19 scriptures in the chapter. All right. <laughs> I just want you to see it. This, some, I never assume that everyone in this room is mature or, or has heard something before. So if you've heard it before, praise the Lord. If you haven't, catch on. Verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, he's talking about to the prophet Jeremiah. Verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, y'all know what the belly is, your mama's belly, I knew thee. 
And before thou comest out from the womb, I sanctify thee. Sanctify means I set you apart. Oh, ain't that so good? And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. This is where we, we form the belief that, <clears throat> that God has designed each and every one of us specifically for a purpose. God has not, has not just designed preachers and teachers for, for a purpose. He's designed you for a purpose. And, this, and, and so if we look at Paul's life, let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's, let's go there. So once again, and this is important because what God always seeking for towards, I want you to see this from Paul's life. Paul grew, he was born a Jew. So those in this room, we cannot help what race that we're born into. You can't help what family you're born into. You cannot help what circumstances are in that family when you're born into it. Right? You can't help that. That's just where you're born. But Christ formed you, and he knew about where you're going to be. And so it is our job to seek after Christ to find out what he's designed us to be. So once again, let's go back to, to Paul. So Paul says uh, in verse uh, 3, so Paul's giving a little bit about his qualifications here. For we are of the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That's another sermon, but listen, you can't have any confidence in what your body can and can't do. Man, this is not a works thing, baby. All right, though, so he's, he's about to give his qualifications. So though I might have, have, though I might also have more confidence in the flesh, I, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Basically, he's saying, if you think you can trust in your flesh, me more. So he's given, given his qualifications. I was circumcised the eighth day. Once again, this is a Jewish, um, something that all the Jews should do, all male Jews. Of the stock of Israel, so he's given his lineage, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, as touching following the law, he was a Pharisee. This is important. Please lean forward, dig in. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. What he's saying is he was doing what he thought was right. Once again, we're on to the question of what goal are you seeking? He was doing what he thought was right. He was following the law that he knew. Let's ask ourselves this. We might be doing what we think is right. But are we really following the, the plan, the goal that God has placed on our life? Because if you think about, when I think about the goals that we have and, and the march that we have, I, I, I'm going to the next question. It makes me, makes me think about who placed that goal in your heart? Anybody remember this? I'm, this is a great example. Anybody remember when the, when the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad came out? Yes. Y'all remember that? Yes. Right around 2000, 2001. Look, that book had everybody thinking they could do real estate. <laughs> Raise your hand. If you, I, I was one. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Y'all read that book. It was like, I want multiple streams of income too. The Bible tells us that we are drawn away by our own lust and desires. This is a key point. But we think when you study lust and desires, lust and desires or desires that we have come through our, our, our eye gate and our ear gate. What am I talking about? So a lot of people in America read that book and then the desire for real estate was birthed in their heart. Me included. So... Let me give an example from my own life. So I used to work downtown on Peachtree. Anybody know where the Equitable Building is? The tall black building is near Woodruff Park. And 
And so I was reading the book, and I was like, yeah, I want to get into real estate. So I began to dig into it. I was like, I'm sharp. I can do some numbers. You know, I can, I can do this thing, right? All I read was one book. Yeah, rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> I'm using me as an example, but find yourself in this story. So, so uh, I did some research. I found out that in Fulton County, they sell the foreclosed properties where? Anybody know? At the courthouse steps, right. So from the courthouse steps to my office was maybe 10 blocks. And it's an interesting block from the Equitable Building because you're walking south, yeah, south on Peachtree. As you're walking south on Peachtree, you pass uh, Five Points. There's usually some homeless people there. So you're walking past them. So I'm walking past them. And you turn the corner, you're at the, good, you're at the courthouse steps, and there are hundreds of thousands of dollars being exchanged. If you've never seen it, it is a spectacle. You got like 10 or 15 people just calling out properties, people that are bidding on them. It is, it is the wild, wild west of property exchange. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've seen it? Yeah. It is interesting. And so I, I remember I watched that and I was inspired. So I was walking back to the office and I remember being inspired by that. And this is me and God just kind of walked. I walked the 10 box back to the office. Um, and I remember saying, Lord, thank you for giving me the desire to acquire real estate. <laughs> for real. I, I remember saying that. And then God said, did I give you that desire? <laughs> me being me, you being you, Lord, it's, it'll be fine. <laughs> Who has placed the goal in your heart that you're seeking after? There are a lot of people in this room, whether you want to admit it or not, you bought some properties and then you were like, so that was $2,000, that was $2,000, one came, two came, Six, and then six came. 2006 came, right? Y'all remember that? Real estate did. And all those rich dad, poor dad people, all those infomercial people, sell, 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 sell. sell. Oh, oh, I can't sell. Oh, wait, I'm upside down. What do I do? Let me tell you what happened to us is someone placed a desire in our heart that God didn't put there. For the purpose of getting us off our calling. Satan doesn't create, he imitates. And so he will imitate the voice of the Lord. Come on, y'all have been there. He will put something in front of you that, <laughs> there's nothing in Atlanta. Once again, I'm, not, I'm talking about me. So we bought some properties, praise the Lord. We came out okay. But I'm telling you, there was some fasting and some praying in there. <laughs> I'm just being me. I'm just being transparent. I want you all to see this. I'm making light of it. But you know, what you, you know what I'm talking about. The goal that you're seeking after, the goal that you're pressing after, going back to school, whatever it is, we should ask ourselves, who placed that goal in our heart that we're pressing towards? If it wasn't the Lord, actually, you, have, you won't even know it's right or wrong until you get closer to Christ. It is only him who knows how he formed you. I remember when I was trying to, the first time I really heard a sermon about seeking God's will for your life, um, I remember we were at, at Faith Christian Center and someone talked about it, and I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm all right. And so I began to, to, to pray about it, and then God began to reveal some things. I was working for a, a, a big five consulting firm at the time, and I just began to walk this thing out, and I was praying, and I was hearing some things, and I was scared. For real, I was, Lord, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm, my career is going okay. Not to mention I just bought these houses that I got to pay for. 
Y'all been there. We can't follow God because we made a mistake in our, oh, in our past. Oh, oh, y'all didn't hear that. We can't, sometimes we can't follow God because we made a mistake in our past that we're now burdened down by. And God is saying, just follow me. Mm. Uh, so I was seeking God about what he, wants me, what he wants me to do. I didn't want to just be okay. My life would have been fine without doing ministry. But then God said, go to Bible school. And I was like, no. <laughs> and actually before, so he told me that. I said no. So I called my mom. And my mom is probably watching, hey, mom, in Lufkin, Texas. Um, and I, I, I said, Mom, I want you to write a letter. Tell me what the pastors and preachers told you when I was a kid about me. I said, write, don't tell me. R- write it down and, and mail it to me. Because I wanted, unfortunately, in, the, I was, in this time I was seeking God and I was wanting some confirmation of what I was hearing. And she wrote me this letter. And I remember getting it. I, I went in one of our rooms in our house and I, I began to read it. And I began to cry. Because it was confirming what God had told me. And so, then you got to make a decision. Am I going to follow what God told me to do? Am I going to just be whatever I want to be? This is not a heaven or hell issue. I want to be clear. This is a excelling far above issue. These are not in my notes, praise God. But anyway, so it began to confirm what God, what God had told me probably about my life. And so as I began to walk it out, praise God for a wife that, that was okay with going to Bible school. Amen. Marriage is not for children. Marriage is for grown folks. Amen. For grown folks. Because I know she didn't want to move to Tulsa. Neither did I. <laughs> anyway, so we follow God's plan. The point I just wanted to make there is... Know what goal you're seeking after. Ask yourself, who gave me that goal? I'm gonna get, I don't have time to turn it. I think about Paul's life. So Paul had this salvation experience. We know about the road, about Paul's trip on, to Damascus. And so Paul was a Pharisee. Listen, Paul was killing saints. He was killing us. He was persecuting it. And he thought he was doing God's will. That is so interesting. He thought he was doing God's will. And then he had this salvation experience. But this is good. Oh, man, where is it, Lord? Turn with me to, oh, I hope I find it. Well, it's, it's going to be in the book of Acts. If you read his salvation story, I don't have time to, to take you there. In the book of Acts, because time is short, and, and Pastor Gregory, no, I'm not saying that like that. Mm. If I go long, I might not be invited to speak again, and you need <laughs> That's fine. All right, so in his salvation experience, Lord, forgive me for that. That was wrong. In his if you read his salvation experience, God spoke to another prophet and told him. So what happened is Paul um, has an encounter with God, and then he gets blinded. And then Paul tell, God tells Paul to go, go to a certain house. It's in the book of Acts. And then Paul, God sends a, a, a man of God over there to speak to Paul. But listen, God downloaded Paul's um, calling to that man of God. I'm just giving an example. So I'm not saying this is for us today. Don't be, don't, please don't call us and be like, Pastor Gerg, I need to hear what God has called me to do. No, now we have God living in our hearts. We can see God for ourselves. But for Paul during this day, day and age, so the, but God told that to the man of God. That, that dude did not tell Paul. God's plan for Paul was for Paul to minister to the Gentiles. That was his purpose and plan for Paul. 
Paul's early years, Paul was following the other apostles around ministering to the Jews. He wasn't even doing his calling. He was doing a good work, but not a God work. You can be doing a good work, but you may not be doing God's work. And so, actually what happened is, a little bit of church hurt hit Paul. Him and the disciples began to wrestle because Paul was telling them, listen, the Jews can be saved by grace as well as the Gentiles. So they had this work, they had this fight, and what happened is, through that hurt, they sent Paul and Barnabas out. They sent them out. You know what? In, that, in Paul's situation, his hurt pushed him towards his destiny. Come on, y'all need to catch that. Catch it. Catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. Catch it. Come on. Did you catch it? Paul's hurt pushed him towards his destiny. Because God had all along wanted him to go to the Gentiles. And you know why God sent him to the Gentiles? Because he had the revelation of grace. He had the revelation of knowing you don't have to be born a Jew to make it to heaven. You can believe on the name of Jesus. The grace message started with Paul. I'm over into the, the fourth one now. What happens when you begin to follow the plan? When you begin to follow God's plan for your life, listen, I guarantee you, this, this happens to everyone. When you begin to attempt to follow God's plan, Satan will attempt to distract you. Listen, he knows he can't stop you because you got the blood of Jesus in you. He can't stop you, but what he wants to do is distract you away from the call. Once again, going back to that Rich Dad Poor Dad book. Listen, Rich Dad Poor Dad book, we bought the, how many of y'all bought the game too? Come on. Oh, okay, okay. So there was this board game that you could buy that would teach you the non-basics of real estate through this game. <laughs> y'all not being truthful with me in here. Some of y'all bought that game. $350. And then where was Robert Kiyosaki when the market went down? That dude went into hiding. I'm, not tell, I'm, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. <laughs> or what about that self-help book that your, that your girlfriend suggested you read? Or what about that teacher that may have said something to you about, hey, you, you look like you're good with children. Go ahead and be a teacher. All I'm saying is, is that what God has called you to do? It may or may not be. Because once again, his job, Satan's job is to distract us. And really what he wants to do, he wants to distract you and then he wants to separate you, get you by yourself. Y'all know once he separates you, right? Then he shoots those arrows. But when we begin to follow the, the, the goal, the goal of pursuing Christ and getting to know him more intimately, getting to be more acquainted with him, he will reveal his plan for your life. If we go back to Paul's example, early on, Paul only knew, God, I'm called, to, I'm called to minister. But then later on, he discovered by praying that, you know what? Wow, God has called me to the Gentiles. And so he walked out the plan of, of God for his life through prayer. There are other examples in the Bible as well where it may not be your salvation experience, but as you continue to seek hard after God, he will show you how he has designed you. He will show it to you. I'm going to go one more place and we're going to wrap up. Ooh, time is running short. Uh, let's turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Is anyone getting anything out of the sermon today? Wow, we only have a chance to go to one place. 
Here's one byproduct of following God. I'm going to stay, I'm going to give a couple real quick. Philippians chapter 4, verse um, 6. So good. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be be made known unto God. And listen to this. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. One byproduct of following God's plan for your life is you get this peace that passeth all understanding. I submit to us men, especially us men, we're frustrated because we know we're not following God's plan for our life. And some of us, actually, Lord, thank you. That's for everybody. Some of the frustrations you might have is you know that God has told you to do one thing and you've neglected to do it. Lord, we want you to download the whole plan to us, Lord. We want the whole plan. I only got five minutes because I got a meeting at nine o'clock. Lord, give me the whole plan in five minutes. I've, been, I've done that myself. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me, George C. Houston. That's me. That's me. And then we don't give it to us, then we're like, okay, next, uh, tomorrow, Lord, I'll be back. I'll be back. Five minutes. Five minutes. But when we follow God's plan, it gives us the peace that passes all understanding. One more place. Let's go. Let's jump down to verse uh, 13, 13. Another thing, when we're following God's plan, Listen, it may not be rosy, but in verse 13, he tells us, I love this confession, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. So when we're following God's plan, listen, we can have supreme confidence in Christ that, Lord, you told me to follow this. I heard a great testimony from some people in the crowd yesterday about following God's plan. The same thing with me. Listen, I didn't want to go to Bible school because I was worried about my family. I was worried about a whole bunch of things. But then when I went and told the company, hey, you know what, I want to go to Bible school. And, you know, Bible school was 8 to 12 and I said, you know, I have a plan. What if I work from home? Home, Tulsa, the company was in Atlanta. What if I work from home and then, you know, in the morning I go to school and I can work for you all from one to eight and keep my same salary? You know what they said? Yes. What am I talking about? Following God's plan, what may seem like a door when you walk up to it, might be one of those doors that are motion activated. Woo! <laughs> Listen. I, oh, y'all didn't catch it. We got to stop right there. Listen, you will face doors, but those doors require for you to walk right up to them and speak to them. I see this door. I see it. But Lord, even before I get to the door, I know you're going to make a way out of no way. I can't get to all of my points, you all, but listen, the goal, the mark is to seek after Christ and his salvation and his wisdom and his knowledge. And when we do that, he will reveal himself to you. He'll also reveal who you are and what he has designed you to be. And then when he tells you who you are, follow it. Listen, I know it takes strength to follow God's plan. I know it. It's not always easy. He never said it would be. But what he told us is he would never leave us or forsake us. Listen, on the other side of your obedience is peace like you've never had. Blessings like you never had. Favor like you never had. Purpose like you never had. Listen, when you're working in your purpose, there is a joy that comes upon you while you're doing that. It may not always be easy, but you'll have joy in that time. 
Listen, I'm out of time. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in prayer. Before we do the altar call, I, w- I want to I pray. I want God told me to pray a specific prayer. If you're in the room and, and you know what God has called you to do, but you're having a hard time building the strength for it, you're having a hard time mustering enough courage to follow God's plan for your life, I want to pray for you right now. I'm not going to call you to the altar or anything, but I just want to pray for you. I've been there. I know the struggle of, of knowing what God has called you to do and then waffling on that decision. I understand. But let me tell you, the Bible tells us that God will strengthen us by his might in our inner man. All you have to do is just go with, do what God told you to do. Take the next step, whatever it is, just take that step. So let's pray for them now. Father, every person in the room, you know who they are. You are the, the all-breasted one, Father God. So, Father, right now, those that, are, that know what you have called them to do, Father God, but, Father, they're waffling with that decision and they're struggling with taking the next step. I pray for them right now, Father. I pray that you will strengthen them by your might in their inner man. I, Father God, they'll be bold as lions to take the next step, Father God. One step at a time is how we reach the destiny you have called us to be. So, Father God, I pray they'll have the, the strength to take that next step. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't want to take it for granted that there might be someone in the room who does not know who God is. Listen, the best life you can ever live is a life living for Jesus Christ. It's the best life. Look, I've been clubbing. I've done that. I've run around, done things that I thought was fun, drinking and such. I've lived a life outside of Christ, and I, I came to the realization that that, that that didn't satisfy, that sleeping around doesn't give you peace, that going out and getting drunk to forget your worries, when you wake up the next day, they're still there. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He has never stopped loving you. From the moment he formed you, he never stopped loving you. And he will go far to reach you. Today, this sermon was for you. This time is for you. So if you would like to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you. Or if you're in a room and you once was with Christ and you were doing things God's way, but you stepped away, begin to do things your own way, listen, I want to pray for you as well. And also, if you're in a room and you want to come make Linked Up Church your church home, listen, this is an exciting time for Linked Up Church. If you want to be a part of this body, if you want to get connected, And if you want to get involved, we'll accept you here at Linked Up Church. I want to pray for you as well. So just three invitations. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in prayer. So if you would like to come and accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, please raise your hand. There's a life out here that you've never seen before on the other side of your obedience. Or if you're in a room and you were once following God, but you begin to do things your own way. Actually, you realize now that you were distracted by Satan's tactics. You want to rededicate your life to Christ. If you want to make a, a, a fresh start, please raise your hand. I would, I'd love to pray for you. We just call that rededication. It simply means you're making a fresh start with Christ. Anyone in the room that want to make that decision today? Or if you're in the room or, or if you're online and you want to become a member of Linked Up Church, Listen, every, each and every one of us, we've been this way before. We love you here at Linked Up Church. 
we'll do our part to help to connect you with other believers. We'll help to connect you to the purpose that God has designed you for. If you want to become a member of Linked Up Church, please raise your hand. Anyone in the room? Praise God. Let's lift up our hands. Everyone has had opportunity to accept Jesus, to make a decision. Let's lift up our hands right now and give honor to God. Father, we bless you. We thank you. We honor you. Father, I pray that that word that you spoke through me, Lord God, is deposited in their heart. Those four questions, Lord God, that they will go and ponder those questions, and then they will take the time to seek your face for the answers, Lord God. They will seek you for the answers, Lord God. They won't seek the wisdom that someone else has, but they will seek you, Father God. And Father, I pray that when they come to seek you, Father God, that they will hear your voice clearly. <clears throat> they will hear your voice clearly, Father God, and then they will have the strength to walk it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Did y'all get anything from the sermon today? Yeah. Pressing towards the mark. Pressing towards the goal. So listen, I am privileged and honored to say it is time to excel in the grace of giving. In Jesus' name, it's time to excel in the grace of giving. Whether you gave some of y'all.